We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Ready for the trifecta. These are my uh, top three stories, no particular order. And after the trifecta, Steve Stone had talked to the guys here, uh, Mully and Hahn, said something specific as to his thoughts on the move to the 78. You know, right there on Roosevelt and Clark. What does he think about the move for the Chicago White Sox? I'll play that for you after the trifecta. If this is your first time here, trifecta essentially just, as I mentioned, it's top three stories just in my brain, things that have stuck out to me, and I get to share them with you right here on 670 The Score. Number three. So the number three story is really has to do about uh, this weekend's playoff football. And two guys ready to go, going to be helping their teams out. One is Mark Andrews. That one stood out to me because he was on my fantasy football team and he sucked this year. Never draft. I never. I've never drafted Mark Andrews. I see him crush people all the time, and I'm like, all right, didn't get Kelsey. Mark Andrews a little late, hurt. I'll get him anyway. And then worst year in like a decade, you know. Anyway, he's back. Big weapon for Lamar Jackson, though. That we do know. If you're looking at their wide receiver room, it's dependent upon a guy named Mark Andrews. And Lamar Jackson has a level of comfort with him. And whenever you can give anyone a weapon that they feel comfortable throwing to when in a real tough situation, then it's going to do wonders for them. Obviously, they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And then on the other side, Debo Samuel is back for the same. I didn't think he was out anyway. He's a guy that kind of gets banged up. He, you know, plays hard, gets a lot of carries and receptions. So his body takes a beating. So he he is definitely going to be playing as well. So, it, you know, Brock Purdy, no excuses. You got a healthy Brock Purdy. You got all your weapons. Your defense is there. Like, this is one of those seasons where if you're the San Francisco 49ers and you lose, what – you can look at the quarterback position, but how are you going to fix that? You got to go get in some, like, are you going to go sign Baker Mayfield next year? Like, how are you going to make your team better if this iteration of it is not good enough to win the Super Bowl and you're trying to figure out where you can kind of, you know, trim some fat, make things better? It's going to be a ton. Two great games this weekend. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. 
number two. We have eight on the shot clock, 14 seconds left. Lakers come back after losing to the Clips two nights ago, and they're going to come away with a win, split the season series. Meantime, for the Bulls, they lose their first two games of three straight on the road out west, and they head to the Pacific Northwest trying to uh, stop a mini two-game slide. So the final here in Los Angeles, Lakers 141 and the Bulls 132. No dancing for Chuck Swirsky, unfortunately. Uh, as you mentioned, Bulls lose last night 141-132. I, I, I worked yesterday all the way up to the start of the game, so I had a little overtime. I was here until like 9.15. I tried to tell my wife, I was like, babe, I'm going to be up late. You want to have some you know, bonding time, stay up. Of course, when I got home, she was knocked out. Right with the kids, put the kids down. She's asleep. So then I'm trying to stay up, and I'm eating like cereal in the office, watching the game on my computer, you know, on YouTube TV. Is cereal how you stay up? Eat cereal, just to stay up later. I'll say this: I've been I've been on this health journey for the last couple of months. Been doing really good. Down, I lost over 10 pounds, and more importantly, my blood pressure is way down, like way down. It was like up in the 160s, which is you're too young to even know what that means. But I just did it two days ago and it was 125 over 77. I felt great. So what do you do when you feel great and you feel healthy? No, you don't go eat some quinoa and chicken. You go get a medium Giordano's pizza with chicken sausage and jardinera. You had a piece of, I mean, you know, saying he was here last night. You saw that. And then I, I, and then because I got those such great readings, then I went home and had some more cereal because I felt like, hey, I deserved it. I did so good. In you earned it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I earned it. Um, so I'm up, up late. We're trying to watch this game, but usually when I'm watching games on repeat, you know, the Lakers had 73 points in the first half. Like they were putting it on the Bulls. The Bulls had 50, it was 57, 70, excuse me, uh, 73, 57, and. I started, I usually don't fast forward through games, but at that point I started to fast forward because I said to myself, this one doesn't look like the Bulls are going to come back. But that's what happens. Anthony Davis comes back. LeBron comes back. uh, Davis looked like he hurt his wrist earlier in the game, you know, but I mean, when LeBron puts up 25, Anthony Davis 22, D'Angelo Russell 29, Austin Reeves 21, four out of your five starters put up 20, it's going to be hard to win. Even if DeMar DeRozan drops 32 and his mid range was splashing yesterday. It was looking so beautiful. Um, and I know the Lakers were looking at him like, damn, we wish we had that guy. But uh, another mediocre performance from Pat Will. You know, when you're looking at the rest of the team, I know this sounds odd to say, but I think Alex Caruso's doing a little too much. Just just, just hands in the air. That's what I think. Watching the games, I feel like sometimes messes up the rhythm of the, of the you know, when DeMar, Vooch, and Kobe got their thing going and then, like, Russo's like, nah, I can make this three. And I get it. I'm here for it. Just, you know, I just wonder. But he had 35 minutes yesterday. It was just a heartbreaker to lose. As Chuck mentioned, Bulls, you know, on the road trip right now, so they still got some work to do. They're going to be taking on Portland in two days, Sunday, Sunday night. And they come home for one against Toronto, back on the road against Charlotte, who some are saying that's where Zach might go. Hopefully not. Then they come back home for the beginning of February to take on Sacramento and Minnesota. No easy task there if you've been paying attention to the Western Conference in the NBA. But uh, this is what it is. It was fun when the Bulls were doing something different. They didn't even, 
nobody really even cared that they were losing some games. It was just that they were doing something different, and that's what that's what most Bulls fans are just looking for, and it seems as though they kind of just reverted back to who they were. So hopefully a trade could just shake things up and inject some life into this into this Bulls team. Number one. All right, number one story here on the trifecta. Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score, is something that I heard today about Steph Curry and who he could potentially be facing in a three-point contest uh, All-Star Weekend. Take a listen. Yo, do you know who holds the record for the most points in a three-point competition? I think, I think I gotta bring her out and be like, we gotta sell this once and for all. I know, that's what they said. I'm talking to my agent about it, because my agent Curry said, Andy, y'all probably got to sell I think I gotta challenge her. Hell yeah. It'll be lit. Come on! That's Steph Curry right there. And basically, it seems like there's something brewing where he is going to take on Sabrina Ionescu from the WNBA. You know, she has the highest point total in a three-point shootout. Uh, this is why this stood out to me. Are we really talking about this? Are we really talking about Steph Curry and his shooting abilities against, I don't care who it is, right? Don't say Gabe. Oh, I don't know. no, no. I don't care who it is. Not even Caitlin Clark? Stop it. Stop it. Steph Curry versus anyone is just, let alone like it. Come on. Not let alone a girl. I know you thought I was going Absolutely, I would never say that. Because Sabrina could ball out. Caitlin could. They might be doing a three-point contest from half court if it's Caitlin. I'm more so giving credit to Steph Curry and saying like a wide-open Steph Curry with no defense that gets to just shoot a three while he takes his time you're going to put him up against someone anyone this seems silly now I know that WNB players have uh, participated in the skills competition the celebrity all-star game but never in anything like this so it'll be interesting to see w, or excuse me, the NBA all-star game uh, happens uh, middle of February so it'll be interesting do you think that Sabrina since you know, you know you're familiar with her game she's cold I know she's cold she's but, cold but, but she, yeah, no, like, as you said, Steph Curry against anybody to ever walk the face of the earth. Anybody to ever shoot a basketball, Steph Curry in a three-point competition is probably going to win. We've seen him in all-star games, and he he takes that he takes that uh, that contest very personally. Come on. He doesn't let, he's not going to let anybody beat him. So Come on. Come on. I'm kind of with you on that. That's why it's part of the trifecta, because it's like, it's just foolishness. But I felt like, you know, eh, we should be talking about it. Anyway. Would you be entertained by it? No. Okay. I would not. There's nothing entertaining about me beating my nephew one-on-one. <laughs> it's just not. Who wants to watch that? I, I, mean, I know be, Steph Curry can shoot. I'd enjoy it. I know Sabrina can shoot. I know Steph Curry can shoot better than Sabrina. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what am I doing here? All right. There goes your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670 The Score, uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. Broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. As promised, after the trifecta, 
give you some audio from Steve Stone and what his thoughts were on the White Sox potentially moving to the 78 right there on Roosevelt and Clark. Well, certainly the uh, the Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf would love to see uh, a new stadium. We know the deficiencies of the old stadium, although it's been, you know, it's been a nice place to play baseball. I think for the fans, uh, they should rest assured that in a brand new ballpark, the food is going to come over. The, the food, which I think is some of the best food in baseball uh, at the ballpark, uh, is going to translate to another park. I, I think you'll have all of the advantages of a brand new ballpark, the way it's designed and the way things are in the newer parks. Now, uh, players have a lot more opportunities to, uh, to take advantage of both the physical aspect, the mental aspect of, of competition, getting ready for a season, Mm -hmm. all of the brand new things that, uh, that new stadiums have that the Sox don't have in their stadium now. So I, I think it's kind of exciting and, you know, everybody is waiting to see, Will this eventually be the piece of land that the, uh, you know, that the stadium is going to be built on? I think they probably will get a new one. I think for so many people who were, you know, uh, feeling kind of insecure that the team is going to leave town, the team is not going to leave town. And so uh, uh, I, I think the the new stadium would be ideal. I think it is exciting. I'd like to see as we move further along to see the details of it, but. I don't know any details. I've seen the renderings like just about everybody else. It looks like it's going to be gorgeous if it comes to fruition. Steve Stone, uh, talking right there to Mully and Hot. I mean, come on, just great stuff. Hey, you, you, you want them? You want them to be there? I want them to be there. I like that he said that the food is going to come over. If you thought that was the best thing about the stadium that you feel like you're going to miss, like don't worry, bro. You can make that food literally at the new place. I selfishly want the stadium. And I listen, I, I love that it is a staple on the south side of Chicago, right? Um, but I also want I mean you're closer to the center. Right? If you really want to get technical, you're just getting closer to the middle so that, that way everyone can 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 enjoy you. And I think that's what I ultimately want. Will I will I miss twelve dollar games on a Wednesday at one o'clock? Yes. Will I miss going Day of and, you know, walking up to the window and getting $25 tickets that gets me two beers and a hot dog? Yeah. But I'm ready. I'm ready, Alex. Alex. Well, maybe the team will be still bad enough to where you can get those tickets. Now, that would be something. If, if you get the stadium, you do all that, and then then you, you, you still refuse to change your philosophy and, and, and winning. Nah, I think that's like Pittsburgh, like the Pirates. They'll change, though. No, no, no. I think they'll, they'll have a couple. He's smart enough to do, like, just like the Ricketts did, right, where – you, you you spend a bunch of money to win a World Series, or not a bunch of money, I should say. You invest as much as possible to win a World Series, and then afterwards you kind of just reap the rewards. At, and I think that's what the Sox will do. All right, uh, enough Sox, because I can do that forever. Uh, I want to talk some Bears football. I've yet to this whole first segment, and luckily I get to talk to a guy who, you know, I really respect his opinion, and, you know, we've, we've, we've grown to have healthy discussions about the Chicago Bears. Hub Arkish. We'll join the show next. And, you know, his guy, Harbaugh, went out to, to L.A. to go take on the Chargers. I wonder what he thinks about that. Uh, we'll talk to him about Harbaugh, about the playoffs, 
And of course, our beloved. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chicago Bears. Hub Marcus joins the show next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, Coach, who has it better than you right now? Nobody. Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Happy Friday, everybody. What a great one we are going to have for you. Texting uh, rolls you into recurring automated marketing text messages. Consent not required to purchase message. Data rates may apply. Just want to make sure you guys got that number properly. Going to be hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock. Still have a couple guests joining us that are going to round up the show. It's going to be great. Talked a little bit of White Sox baseball. On the other side, and now we get to chat. Not only the about well, not only the Chicago Bears, but the NFL with our next guest. He joins us on our hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. He's our senior football analyst here on six seventy to score. And my guy, Hub Arkis. Hub, happy Friday. How you doing again? Doing good. Um, Hub, I know that, you know, obviously you have a personal relationship with Jim Harbaugh. I was actually even talking about uh, some stuff you had said a couple of years ago where you said, you know, when the Bears want to search and you were saying that, you know, you talked to him, but or, or but there was nothing about that. You had touched base on him, but it was nothing about that. And that was from a, another source that, you know, they had talked, but it wasn't even about that. It was just kind of reading the tea leaves, seeing what was out there. And then we fast forward a couple years, no phone calls made at all. No little, or at least that we know of, secret discussions. And he ends up, uh, the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, how big of an impact do you think Harbaugh is going to have on a very, very tough AFC West? Well, you know, at the end of the day, Gabe, Jim Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in college football. Uh, you know, he's now got the, uh, I'm saying in football is what I meant to say, he's now got the college championship. Uh, he's been to an NFL Super Bowl in, I think, his first or second year as a head coach in the NFL with the 49ers. And, uh, you know, I suspect knowing that he has Justin Herbert to start and a few other pretty good stars, although they're showing a little bit of age on that roster. Um, I expect that he'll have the Chargers competing for a Super Bowl pretty shortly. What are most people missing when they, like if they can't quantify how much a, a coach means and how much a coach can affect things, like what is the difference between an Eberflus and a Harbaugh? Well, those two specifically, I think the, the most obvious difference 
is just their communication ability. Uh, what we know of Flus's, you know, communication ability based on when he gets on the stand with the media, you know, beyond that, we don't know a lot what's going on with the players. All the players seem to love him. They all wanted him back. They, they were all clear on that. They're happy that he is going to continue to be the head coach. Um, but at the end of the day, what separates the great coaches from the very good coaches is their ability to get the most out of every player, not just their best players, but out of every player. And uh, Arbaugh, wherever he's gone, you know, has, has done a really good job of that. When It's interesting when you read a lot of the, quote, experts' rankings of the top players in college football, the top players coming into the draft, the top teams in, in college football, you, you rarely see uh, the Michigan roster you know, showing the you know, the level of star power that you do with some of the other top schools, and yet they clearly were the best team, you know, in the country this year. And so, you know, I think that is obviously Harbaugh's greatest talent is his ability to communicate with his players and get the most out of every player. Um, and he's obviously a very bright football mind. You know, what a thirteen or fourteen year quarterback in the NFL. He was never a great quarterback, but he was a good quarterback at times. And so he obviously knows the game, you know, as well or better than most coaches and does a great job of building what he thinks is the best system and then making it work. We're talking to Hub Arcus here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez with you. It's a great point. I mean, because obviously everybody did like Eberflus and it's just, you know, a lot of people obviously have questions about it, Hub, you know, what was going on. I, I still think it's right. I still think, <laughs> I still think, you know, what the Bears are doing seems right. You hire a guy to you know take your team out of the slums and yeah it's his first time coaching and yeah it's a rebuild but but you and i understand that some people hub hire guys to do just that right to be that person that holds you down in that bridge but but sometimes a guy does okay and you say to yourself hey maybe we i hired him so maybe we do have something here and i think that's where the bears are at and i don't i don't feel like that was that was an issue now when it comes to the offensive coordinator hub um, obviously bears with Shane Waldron, you know, a lot of people feel like they got the right guy. Why, why was, why was experience imperative when hiring, uh, the OC for the bears? Like, was it solely just to like take the opposite approach from the from the Getsy hire? Yeah, I think it was most important because of the lack of experience that, that gets he had, you know, and I don't think Luke has been treated very fairly. I don't think he did a terrible job. He certainly is not the reason that Jordan, uh, that Justin Fields, you know, hasn't become a franchise quarterback. But uh, obviously, you know, not just fans and media, but the Bears front office and specifically Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus felt that they needed to change their offensive staff. And, and, and so, you know, I accept that. That's all I need to hear. Um, but, you know, what we were talking about a minute ago, you and I can go back to week three or week four when we first started trying to tell people how stupid it was that some members of the media thought that Flus was going to be fired, fired at all, let alone fired in season. He had done exactly what he was hired to do at that point, week three, week four, which is spend the first year tearing it down and then spend the second year starting to rebuild it. And then with the job that he has done since those conversations about him being fired started in week three or week four, it was clear, you know, that there, there was no reason to fire him. I, you know, I've heard, you know, people on this station say that it was criminal that the Bears didn't interview Jim Harbaugh. 
No, it was smart because they weren't firing the coach that they had. And you don't start interviewing other coaches if you're not looking for one. So there was no reason for the Bears to, to interview you know, Jim Harbaugh. They were keeping Matt Eberflus. Matt Ryan Poles is obviously comfortable that he is doing a very good job rebuilding this so far. And so far, he is. Now, that could change in year three. You know, I'm still not sold on what exactly I think Matt Eberflus is as a head coach. I just think that what he was hired to do, he has done a very good job of it the first two years. Yeah. I mean, it was tough to – obviously, it's tough to measure with all the things that were going on, Hub. And I think a lot of people look at Luke Getze's play calling and, you know, from what they were able to see, like you said, we're not, we're not, we don't know who he was supposed to throw it to or what the actual calls were in certain moments. But from what we were able to watch in the game, I know a lot of people were, were down on him. But the Shane Waldron thing, I mean, you know, I, what were your initial thoughts? Well, he, he wasn't the number one offensive candidate available. And, and I, you know, I, that's a fact. And, and I think that we have to consider that. But what he is is a highly experienced offensive coordinator, a highly experienced play caller, a guy who's done well and, and you know, who has been hired a few times to be an offensive coordinator. He's obviously qualified. And and I think it's the right hire at the right time. Now, you have to keep in mind that the next round of mistakes that are being made by fans and media is assuming that the Bears already know what they're doing and that they should be making decisions based on that. The Bears clearly have not decided yet what they're doing with that number one overall pick. They clearly have not decided yet if it's time to say goodbye to Justin Fields. They have plenty of time to do their homework and to do the studying of the other options that are available over the next month, month and a half, and then they will make those decisions. But the one thing that apparently was clear to them is that they needed to improve the offensive staff. And, 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 you know, I think in Waldron, you've got a guy who is the opposite kind of hire as Luke Getzey was. And, and, you know, that certainly makes sense based on what they've decided to do. When you look at the Seattle Seahawks hub and you look at the weapons that they had, right, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. And if you talk to some people in Seattle media, they felt highly about their, their, their tight ends, right, like Will Disley and, and, and such. Do you think that we, or do you think the Bears have similar type of weapons, or do you think that Shane is going to be, you know, in between a rock and a hard place trying to curate an offense for a team that doesn't have the caliber of wide receivers that he had in Seattle? Well, I mean, he's going to get more. We know that, and they're going to draft one high. They may sign a free agent. Who knows? But. Uh, uh, you know, DJ Moore was the sixth best wide receiver in football this year, you know, just in terms of his production. And, and he is a clear number one. And they have the ability to add another number one as their number two, depending on what they do with that first or those first round picks. Um, and, and it is a great year to be drafting wide receivers, you know, so they're, they're going to improve that area. They've improved the offensive line. They obviously still need to get better at center. Um, you know, and other than that, I think they've got to decide if they're going to have a true number one running back. They, I think they'll probably add uh, another veteran running back. I, I, you know, I think it may have been one and done, uh, you know, this year for, for all the just for Herbert, uh, except Herbert. And, and so, you know, they're not 
as talented right now as that Seattle offense was, but Seattle's offense wasn't great, you know, and, and they didn't produce great, uh, but, but you've got a known quantity in the coordinator. And I think that's what they were focused on. And, and, and obviously also somebody who flus knows very well. And I don't know how well he knew gets even hired him, but he does know Walter and he has worked with him. And, and, you know, that makes me comfortable too, to know that they're, if they weren't on the same page the last two years, they certainly will start this year on the same page. Well, we're saying uh, that, you know, it's, it seemed like a safer pick, but somebody had some experience to be the OC for the Bears. What do you, what do you think is going to happen on the defensive side of the ball? Like, what kind of defensive coordinator are they going to get? Because you hear a lot of people saying, hey, man, it might be like a, a guy a little longer in the tooth that doesn't necessarily want or desire head coaching, you know, another head coaching gig, so he wouldn't mind being a DC. And then you hear other people say, well, no, he's probably just going to take like an inexperienced kind of like guy with a big personality that can uh, lead the defense. You know, this is where it really gets tricky, okay, because the defense made a quantum leap in the, in the second half of the season, and it was, co- you know, coincidental with Foose taking over calling it and, and running it. You know, his his offensive coordinator quit. He wasn't fired, but they had to make a change there because of, you know, personal reasons, off-the-field stuff. And, and the improvement that they showed in that group and the changes that he made, so, so what does he do now? You know, do, do, should he be hiring a defensive coordinator or a top defensive coach and continue to run the defense? He wouldn't be the only head coach uh, in the NFL who is running his own offense or defense if that was their specialty. That doesn't seem to be what they're thinking right now. We've been told that they are, you know, looking for a new defensive coordinator. And, and I think it would make it easier and maybe even, you know, better for him to do his job as the head coach to have a defensive coordinator. But that's something we're still learning to, to you know, waiting to learn more about. You know, we heard uh, all nine or ten names that they interviewed before hiring Waldron. I haven't heard a lot of defensive names that they've, they've interviewed so far for that coordinator job. So I still want to find out more about how they're thinking about that coordinator job before we really know what they're going to do. Yeah, that's a great point. I can't wait to see what they end up, uh, who they end up bringing in and just seeing what that's, what that staff is going to end up looking like. Uh, we're talking to Hub Arkish here on 670 to score. I am Gabe Ramirez. Hub, I know that when we were, you know, having some conversations and doing some shows together, you mentioned that, you know, you hadn't watched a ton of tape yet on Caleb Williams. I'm wondering if you've had the chance to sit down and break down any games. Yeah, I've watched, you know, more tape in the last week or two now. Not enough yet. Uh, to have a, a final opinion. He is obviously a very talented young man. And I think they're making, you know, they're getting rid of a lot of the off, well, I shouldn't say a lot of, it's not that there was that many, but there have been questions about his off the field. And and I think he and his agents have been cleaning that up a little bit. And, and I think more people who've done more homework have become more comfortable with it. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the problem I have is that they are still in a rebuild. They do still need a lot more pieces. We saw what a great job they did with trading that pick last year. And and, and what is being called one of the best quarterback drafts of all time, or certainly in the near future, there's going to be at least four and probably five or six first-round quarterbacks. The question I have is how much better is Williams than the other four or five? And I haven't seen anything to make it clear to me that he is. And that's why I would absolutely trade that pick again. I absolutely would use one of my first-round picks to take a quarterback. But I just think you can get so much more than just the hope that Williams is the guy by trading that pick than you do by drafting him. That's why I still feel strongly that's what they should do. And then you continue your homework of evaluating all the other quarterbacks who have legitimate first-round grades. So you're more interested in – 
just having the best team possible. So mirroring like the San Francisco 49ers. Or mm-hmm. or is it is it is it the Baltimore Ravens where you know you you you're liking Justin to to somebody like that 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 can be above average and lead your team if you have some weapons around them. You know, Gabe, that was an interesting question you just asked because the reality is that while the 49ers are arguably the most talented team in the NFL, you know that they have not only nine pro bowlers, but 12 first-team alternates. Their entire starting lineup are basically pro bowlers. And yet they also have the number one rated quarterback in the NFL in Purdy. And then you mentioned Lamar Jackson, who's already started to get some MVP awards. He's going to get them all. You know, and yes, the Titans have the, uh, not the Titans, but the uh, the Ravens, the team I'm trying to talk about, yes. Yes, they have the best defense in the NFL, and and they have a ton of talent on offense, but they also have their their quarterback as the MVP. You know, so you you have to get both, but they have proven in Purdy and, and Jackson, you don't have to have the number one rated quarterback. And, and that's what I want to see the bears do. I want to see him get a very good quarterback, but I also want to see him take advantage of having that number one pick and getting three or four top players to complete their rebuild as well. Yeah. I think we all want the same thing. The bears to be good, but uh, as soon as possible hub, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight, man. Have yourself a great weekend. You too, Gabe. I'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Hub Arkish our senior football analyst here on 670 The Score, hanging out with us. I mean, you look at those teams and you say to yourself, damn, the Niners have been good for a while. They've had a lot of quarterbacks, drafted a lot of quarterbacks. Like the Ravens, they've been good. Lamar Jackson's kind of been carrying them. When you go look at the four quarterbacks that were drafted before Lamar Jackson, and then you go look at Deion Sanders, and that's what we should pull up. Let's pull that up during the break. All right, we're going to take one. And you probably don't remember what Lamar Jackson said to Deion Sanders on draft day. We're going to play that for you on the other side. And because, I mean, it is a good conversation, right, when you're thinking about who you want the Bears to be. If you're looking at the four teams, Danny Parkinson and I talked about it earlier this week. If you get Caleb Williams, your team's not going to be as good. Your team is not going to be as good. So you probably look like, if Caleb Williams ends up panning out, you probably end up looking like the Kansas City Chiefs. If you trade the first pick, you know, you could look like the Baltimore Ravens, right? Making your defense one of the best in the league. You know, you get guys like Zay Flowers, a first-round, you know, a top-tier receiver last year's draft. You're Mark Andrews. You know, you build around your Lamar Jackson. But if it doesn't pan out with Justin Fields, but your team's still good, then you, then you're kind of like a San, the San Francisco 49ers, where yeah he's played good, but some people say it's a byproduct of his football team, which is Hub pointed out, 12, 13 like alternates and starters. So I get it, but which team do you want to be? What position do you want to be in? Are we talking about if, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're telling me that's who the Bears are going to be, am I on the back end of that six, you know, six straight AFC championships? Like, did I get there already? Then, yeah, I think I want that. Right? Am I foolish? Like, I think I want six straight NFC championships with a couple of Super Bowls mixed in. Of course. you Yes. That, as opposed to, like, the Ravens where you're good, 
So you're dependent upon Lamar Jackson, a.k.a. Justin Fields, and hoping he's going to have a good year and put it together. Or you're the Niners. Oh, man. Tough. Like I'm sure, like I mentioned earlier, if the Niners lose, what are they going to do? Get a new quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, guess what? He's not running it back with the with the with the with the with the Raiders. Is he going to go back to the Niners? Can I say, yeah, you know, maybe you are better than Brock Purdy. Too much of an ego. Kirk Cousins, bro. Kirk Cousins on the. But that's what I'm saying. See, when we talk about what team you want to be, right? It's fun to talk about Kirk Cousins on the Niners, right? But if when when you relate it to the Bears, do you want to have a super team where you can then? If your quarterback doesn't work out because you didn't get Caleb Williams, Justin Fields sucks. Tyson Bage is not the truth. That's, that's a joke. But you get to then have your pick of the litter. So right? you're asking system or quarterback, which would you rather? No, have? I'm saying I'm saying that these choices are out there for the Bears. And you as a fan have to decide which of these paths you wish to be on. And again, you can say the Niners and the Ravens. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have gone to six straight AFC championships. You see what I'm saying? Like you, 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 you didn't get the good, the best team you possibly could have gotten, but you got the best quarterback. And right now, no one wants to play the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, other on the other side, we're going to play that clip from Lamar Jackson, and we are also going to take a look quickly. Um, oh no. Uh, Keith Smith, don't forget, is joining us at the top of the hour as well to talk some some Bulls basketball. All right, we'll do Lamar Jackson on the other side, talk a little bit more about the NFL playoffs uh, next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Will it be the Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers this weekend to let us know? It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670. The score, top of the hour. We talked to Keith Smith about all the rumors swirling around the NBA, trade deadline, and we'll get a chance to talk about our beloved Bulls as well. Again, 7 o'clock, that whole thing starts. Um, right now, I was we were talking before the break about Lamar Jackson and just, you know, what kind of team we wanted or you wanted the Bears to be. I know who I think that is. Um, got a couple texters. Somebody said, you're already saying Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes. I didn't say that. Literally not, didn't say that. I said, I said, if you were to choose, I said, and if we take Caleb Williams and he is to be a top prospect like a, like a Patrick Mahomes, then this is what your future would look like. He hasn't even been in the league yet. Wow, you're hooked. You know how stupid you said? I'm not supposed to say stupid. My daughter said that. You know how silly you look? Like trashing a college player that everyone thinks is going to be really good in this league. And your only argument is, you don't know yet. <laughs> like, you didn't go watch tape. You couldn't tell me about a game against UCLA, how you fared against Washington in the Pac 12. You can only regurgitate a Notre Dame game because you heard somebody say that he had a bad game there. But you didn't watch it. You don't even know his stat line. Like, your only argument is, like, you don't know, bro. It's just terrible. It's just a terrible take. And what I really want to point out is you can. it's okay to think both things are true. It's okay to say, yeah, if Justin Fields, oh, if you're telling me if Justin Fields and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, he wouldn't be better? Yes, any, I would be better. If I was only throwing to DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and then 
Then, in the next season, you gave me, and I, me, I'd be better. Silly argument. So that can be true. And Caleb Williams being really good. Not snap one, game one of the 2024 season. But in the next four years, when you look at his body of work, it is going to be better than Justin Fields. It's all right, bro. You got to agree with me. Because you know what? Maybe Caleb Williams is going to come out. And, and first of all, and the other thing is, I don't even want Caleb Williams. Alex Kuhn, please let the people know. That's the most frustrating thing about this debate because it's like it just becomes Caleb versus Justin. And which is, for all intents and purposes, what the decision is. But you got to trash one or the other. Like, it's. The answer it's is Drake. The answer is Drake May. Jaden Daniels. No, the answer is not Jaden Daniels. I watched so much tape today. I, I spent more time watching Malik Neighbors. And the other crop of first round talents that are supposed to be out there. And I thought to myself, you know, Malik Neighbors is supposed to have, you know, or or supposed to be a top pick, but two of his wide receivers are in the first round, are gonna be drafted in the first round. Two of them. Let me be very clear. Two of them. And that's people aren't paying attention to that. You know who else had two, three first-round draft picks that he was throwing to? Justin Fields. Then you get on a trash team, and then you look really bad. So, so I'm out on, on Jaden Daniels. All right, I want to play this clip that I told you I would play for you. Lamar Jackson getting drafted at the end of the first round. Deion Sanders talking to him, and the confidence is oozing from Lamar Jackson. Take a listen. I can see you a little bit upset, a little deterred, but guess what? I'm here. It's here. You're here. I'm a rave. It's on. All year. Every year. Yes, sir. What could you have done differently that you could have gotten out of that room quicker and got drafted earlier in your career? Nothing. I'm happy to be a rave. It don't even matter. Yesterday does not matter. You're looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to being a rave. What are they getting? Everything got of me. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Lead that. Oh, Lead my God, I love that. That gives me goosebumps. Because here he is. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. The other wide receiver I was watching tape on today from LSU, Brian Thomas Jr. Brian Thomas Jr., 6'4", 205. You, you, you hear Malik Neighbors all the time. Who, by the way, oh, my God. I went out... I, Tell me, I spent way too much time watching tape on, on wide receivers. Malik Neighbors is like Tyreek Hill. Super quick, great route runner, juking cornerbacks with just the routes that he's running, but can also just go over the top. Like, disrespectfully over the top because he's that quick. So Malik Neighbors, stud. Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, oh my God. Jaden Daniels was just throwing the ball in the air. And he's just like, he wasn't a great, like, speedy route runner. Like, he was, his brakes weren't crisp. But he's just so big and could leap and grab the ball over anyone. It just looked so good. And I thought to myself, this is, this is a compliment to DJ Moore. If the Bears didn't have all the other stuff. I'm just thinking. These things that I'm thinking. 
Watched a little Roma Dunze. He's good. He's really good. But he's just like, I'm a really good wide receiver, bro. Just throw me the ball. You want that LSU-SEC speed, huh? I've been wanting Roma Dunze for two years. Because I, I love, I've loved Washington in the Pac-12 for the last two years. So I've watched a lot of it. And I'm just like, Roma Dunze is just a dog. So I didn't mind him. But Malik, like, if there's one thing you want to take away from this four-minute segment that I just did, take Malik Neighbors in, like, the fourth round of your fantasy football draft because he is going to be a problem. Because to be successful in the NFL, you have to be able to juke people, and he can do that. You have to, if you, you got to create separation, and he does that in spades. And you can go, you got, if you can go over the top, like, like I said, Tyreek Hill. It's who, you, it's who you reminded me of. Six foot, 200 pound, super speedy receiver. And there is a possibility. I doubt it, especially after watching tape. A possibility that he's still there at nine for the Chicago Bears. Which would be crazy. Crazy. All right. Switch gears. Going to talk some NBA on the other side. Get a chance to talk to Keith Lee about not only, excuse me, Keith Smith. Thinking of the food. I'm thinking of the food guy. That was crazy. Oh, I'm hungry. Keith Smith is going to be joining the show. Excuse me. And I want to talk to him about best landing spot for Zach Levine. Future of the Chicago Bulls, what that looks like. And, yeah, just the health of the Bulls as a whole. I remember talking to Keith last time. Just great stuff. Great stuff. Oh, he will join the show. Next, Keith Smith right here on 670. The score coming up. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.